makes me sad, but like I literally told people that I wanted to die. Like really didn't. You guys get to listen to a conversation with one of my best friends. I am coming out of a depression. I uh, was very sad <laughs> for a couple weeks. Take your meds, kids. I am pretty sensitive to medication, so like when I miss a few days, it's like really bad. <laughs> but Amber has been my friend for almost 11 years. Um, so it'll be 11 years in February, which she kind of makes fun of me for knowing because <laughs> she never remembers dates. And for some reason, I remember when we became friends, like that very day, because I had just been broken up with and I had a mentor at the time who invited me over and Amber and her friend were there and they were like oh my gosh do you have Facebook and Instagram let's add you so like our days of meeting each other are accurate um and her other friend has the exact same birthday as me so we were like oh my god we have the same birthday and it was just this whole thing so long story short <laughs> to say that we've been friends for a very long time and she is one of those people that I can be as sad and depressed and dealing with ideation and dealing with all of the things and she will be there and she doesn't make things weird. She doesn't get frantic. She's just there for me. She checks in on me and I honestly wish that everyone could have a friend like Amber because she is everyone's biggest fan. Every time I start something, she's the first person to follow me on this podcast's Instagram. She was the first person I told, other than like my roommate, who is also my best friend and my husband. But she was one of the, one of the first people that I told, and she immediately followed me. Immediately was super supportive. All of the graphics that I created, I sent her, and she gave me her opinion, which was always that she loved it. <laughs> and that is just who she is. She currently works at Quigley Coffee Co. So if you're in Florida, go visit her. Um, go support that coffee shop that is local and also started by good friends of mine. But um, she runs their social media. She is just the queen of getting people on board with the things that she cares about and the things that she loves. And she will always support you 100%. If you're her friend, you are lucky to have her in your corner. Um, so I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation that we had. But yeah, she has taught me so much about being someone who is loyal and who loves no matter what. She's just one of the first people who really gave that to me. So uh, I hope that you enjoy this. Please leave us five stars. If you want to connect with her, her Instagram is at Ams Ratliff on Instagram. Let's get into it. We did it. We we did it. Well, we started. <laughs> yes. We is today our friend anniversary for real? I mean, it's our Facebook friend anniversary, so I don't know how close that is to like our real friend anniversary, but I... 10 years. I thought our friend anniversary was in February. 
you would remember the month. I I don't I don't I remember know. because my first boyfriend broke up with me and then Natalie invited me over and then you and Jeanette were there. And then Jeanette was like, Oh my god, let's be Facebook friends. Oh my god, do you have an Instagram? Wow. So we might have become Facebook friends like the day we met then. So mm-hmm. that's probably pretty accurate then. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Well, ten years. <laughs> We're getting old. We're getting super old. I feel like I don't remember the first five. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because you were like a baby still, and I yeah. was still a baby, but like older than you. So like, it it wasn't at the point where we were like inseparable, like best friends, like on the same level, talked about life mutually. In the beginning, it was kind of like big sister, like mom type thing. I literally called you my daughter, so... Um, <laughs> yes, we yeah. we had oh, what weird times. I know that that was around the time that um you were dating someone who you're working for now. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> so weird. Life is weird. Yes, but it's cool. Yes, I mean I've known Kyle 15 years and we're getting married. So that's yeah, that's weird. literally crazy. Who would have so insane. Literally, when I see the picture of you guys in high school and you have the braces and he's like <laughs> a little baby, like I just, I'm like, they're getting married. That's insane. Like, I love yep. it though. That's so cool. We get married in 30 days. How do you feel? I feel um, excited and sleepy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you've I'm been... Like, putting in the work for this wedding for a while yes yeah I'm just like excited to see everyone and just relax Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fun yeah how's your how's your life right now what are you doing the only new development is I just got a job um I haven't worked officially since before I had my kid um, but it's weird cause I don't really, it doesn't feel like work cause I'm working like for my friends and with my friends, um, that I'm really close to and it's super chill. Like it's just not like a normal job. So it, I don't know, I'm having a lot of fun and enjoying it. And I feel like it just came at the perfect time. And, um, like it was weird cause I was looking for jobs the day that I was asked to like work for them so it's cool yeah so that's going well I haven't had a lot of time to be sad (laughs) I'm sure if I like had time like I used to have a lot of time and I was sad all the time because I could just like sit there and think of everything wrong in my life every worst case scenario um everything that I'm lacking and, you know, that we need, whatever. Um, I haven't really had time to do that. And that's kind of nice, honestly. Yeah. I too do not feel sad right now. (laughs) It's really weird. (laughs) I'm sure I will be in like a week, but. (laughs) I can't, I can't keep going like I used to. Yeah. Like I would go a long time, like distracted, busy, no time to think about 
anything, no time to be sad. Like Mm -hmm. I was happy because I was so distracted and constantly with people. Um, My life slowed down a lot after I became a mom. And so it was like, you have no choice but to deal with all this stuff. Like a lot came up. But yeah, I know at a certain point, like it's not good to be constantly busy and distracted and stuff. But right now it's good. Mm-hmm. I need to get out like, of my bubble. Yeah. And it seems like it's more like informed busyness. Like you would distract yourself before and not know mm-hmm. that that's what you were doing. Now you're like, I'm not distracting myself. I just am busy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that, like, postpartum journey. Okay. And how, like, how and being home and that made you face everything. Um, well, I mean, first two weeks, Trav was with me. And it just felt nice because I wasn't by myself. And he went back to work. And for a few weeks, like, it was good. I had a newborn and he was a really good baby and we just had a good time. It was chill, which is good. I had a C-section, so I needed time to physically recover, mentally recover. Like it was nice just how slow things were. Um, I want to say when he was around six to eight months, I started feeling kind of, I don't know, there was like this something was bubbling up inside me. And I was like, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, it was just confusing. I just knew I was feeling something. Um, and it just progressively got worse. And like, you're obviously dealing with like little sleep, not a lot of time to yourself. Um, like you really give up a lot of things and, um, like it's a huge sacrifice and you don't know how big it is until you're there. And then probably like a year into it, year and a half, like I started just like, I I had to go to therapy. Like it was just like, I had to do it um, because I just wasn't okay. There were days I just couldn't get out of bed and I was still a stay at home mom. So it was just like um, the bare minimum. I mean, my kid was very well taken care of, but I did not take care of myself at all. So it got really bad. And so I started going to therapy and that helped, but I realized like, obviously I had more time than I ever did. And like, I was kind of wanting to know more about what I was feeling. And I realized that I like, don't know myself at all, or at the time I didn't know myself at all. And so, um, different things, the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, like I'm just, I was in a deep dive of all the things, learning about myself, like finally feeling like I understood why certain things were the way that they were when it came to me, when it came to my relationships and just like, it, I, it was hard to explain. Like I never knew why things were a certain way when it came to myself. Um, the main takeaway (laughs) was that I am extremely introverted and I thought, for a long time that I was like an introverted extrovert. Like I could turn it on, you know, I could be with people. I could, you know, be really outgoing, make a lot of friends. But once you have a kid, like all your previous alone time is gone 
And so then it was like, okay, like I actually need alone time to function as a human being. So that's when, you know, I was in therapy talking about it, asking Travis for a lot of help, especially like right before I started therapy. And in the beginning of that, I mean, it was like, I was with all day. And as soon as Travis would get home, like I'd clock out for the day because it just took, it took everything to take care of him. And like, I wouldn't take care of myself at all in the process. And so some days it was like, I hadn't eaten. So like Travis is making sure I ate, like, it was just like, you feel like a kid, like just really incapable of doing super basic things. And that was the depression. And, you know, like I had dealt with depression before, but it just was never that bad where I was completely just not really a functioning human being. Like everything with my kid was kind of on autopilot. And like, I was able to have these moments with him that were really good. Like he brought a lot of joy to my life, but I realized like after I was in therapy for a while that like I wasn't present for a long time. And so it was like, I can actually spend time with my family and like be there and enjoy it. Like it was weird to realize that I hadn't been enjoying it and that like I wasn't mentally there when I was with them or really anywhere, like with my friends, with anyone. Like I just was like a zombie walking around everywhere. Um, So that's a little bit of the postpartum journey that I learned about myself, which I wouldn't change at all because I've never known myself better than I do now. Mm. I relate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, I too was a zombie for a big part of my life. That's wild. Um, Do you feel like there was, I guess you made yourself busy, right? But was there something like preventing you from getting to know yourself or was there a fear there? Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, cause I really, I can't go back and like, know like realize what exactly it was. But if I had to guess, it was probably just like the fear of like n- actually knowing what was wrong with me. <laughs> like knowing that I struggled with depression and it, like severe anxiety um, and knowing what kind of happened to me like as a result of my trauma, like that's just, it's not really something that I talked about a lot. Like it was very rare that um, it came up in conversation. Like that was just a part of my life that I really disconnected myself from. And so like, I never really thought about it unless, you know, someone was asking about my relationship with my family and I'm like, oh, well, I don't really have one. And then you know, they're confused. And so you have to like kind of explain it. And I like joke around, you know, like I'm basically an orphan, like mm-hmm. used to it, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I knew that I was messed up from my childhood, but like, <laughs> I don't know. There's like a part of you that's like, okay, it happened to you. You have to suck it up. You have to get over it. You have to keep living your life. Like you're an adult woman, like get it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, that I just wasn't gracious with myself. And like, it wasn't until it got to a point where like my body, my mind, like it was just done. Like, it was like, you can't fake it anymore. Like you have to deal with this. And, um, 
yeah, so I think it was fear because um, I didn't want to deal with those things. It takes so much time and energy. Um, I'm like, I have a whole life. Like, I have things to do. Like, I have a child. I have a husband. Like, I have friends that I, you know, really want to be there for. And I was a really bad friend for like a year. <laughs> um, and like, that was, I've been a bad friend before in other ways. <laughs> but my main thing is that I'm always there. So yeah. like you have something, I'm there. Like I am going to be your supporter, your cheerleader. Like that's just ingrained in me. And it was just the first time in my life that I couldn't be there physically, mm -hmm. mentally, just in any way. It was like, I wasn't asking people how they were doing because I couldn't. And if anyone asked me, I'm like, you really don't want to know. Like, it's too much for you, honey. Like, <laughs> you can't handle this. Like, And luckily, there were a few people that I could talk to because, like, I would know from past experiences that I could, you know, say the truth, 100% of it and not sugarcoat anything. Like, they weren't going to be scared away. Um, you know, you being one of those people, you've always been a safe space for me. It's just sad that like <laughs> certain things will scare people away that are just like really normal human things. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you, like, what do you think that is? I realized a lot last year um, <laughs> that like I was dealing with so many of my own things and like there were people that really cared and, you know, would ask, but it was kind of like, I really just, I hate getting pity for that stuff. Like, I just want to be heard. I just want to be supported. And that doesn't mean like to make it a big deal to like, feel like you have to hug me because I, I don't want hugs. I don't like them. <laughs> um, but the vulnerability was most of the time not reciprocated. And mm. that really messed me up. Um, cause I was used to it, but when I'm, when I was dealing with the hardest year of my life, like when it was like, I'm being this vulnerable with you and you can't talk about like why you're sad today. Like that's insane to me. And, mm -hmm. you know, it got to a point where I was like, okay, that's not really healthy to be mad at people for not being vulnerable with you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like, if they're not ready, they're not ready. And if they don't trust you, they don't trust you. Um, I am an oversharer you ask me, I'll tell you pretty much like, unless I just like, no, I don't trust you. And I'm not going to talk to you about mm -hmm. things that matter. Um, mm -hmm. but for the most part, like I really like to get on that level with people and kind of challenge people to go there with me, but not everyone does. And for a while, like that made me really sad. Um, but now I'm like, they're just not ready. They'll get there. You know, like I'll mm -hmm. be there, you know, when they want to talk about it. Cause I'll be aware of things before they're aware of things. Like, I don't know what it is. I think it's just like my personality type. Like you just kind of see under all the glamor, I guess. Like you're like, no, you're dealing with stuff. Like I know you are, but you don't have to talk to me about it. It's okay. Um, yeah. But I think that, I think that people just, when you're, kind of sharing your really hard feelings 
I think it makes people uncomfortable because they're not ready to deal with their own. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like for me, when I hear people being vulnerable and talking about like the real stuff, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. You're so strong. Like, like Mm -hmm. to be that vulnerable and to admit these things to yourself, like it's amazing. But then when I'm doing it, I'm like, wow, I'm such a mess. Like, (laughs) like what's wrong with me like this is ridiculous like you're a grown woman you know whatever and I'm like just I need to have that same grace and just like appreciation for myself Mm -hmm. like that being vulnerable is strong and Mm -hmm. asking for help is strong like it can feel like oh I have to go to therapy because I'm so messed up but when I knew I did like the really quick phone call with my therapist to be. And, um, we talked for like 15 minutes and within the first five minutes, I'm tearing up because she's like, (laughs) she's basically telling me like, I am so proud of you, like to ask for help, you know, as a wife, as a mom, um, like that's so strong. And it's just like, it is. And I'm like (laughs) telling myself that it's not. And I just feel like people are going to, you know, think a certain way about me and, Mm -hmm. I knew she was right. And so it was just like, I'm doing the best thing for myself and for my family and for everything in my life. Like an unhealthy me, like doesn't produce a fulfilling, healthy life. So yeah, I think that was kind of a long-winded answer. I think people are just not ready. Like I personally think everybody can use therapy, like Mm -hmm. literally anyone you can, think that you have no trauma, but we've all had life happen to us. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just think it scares people (laughs) to be vulnerable and to dig deep into themselves. I'm very introspective, like probably too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, a couple ways that I can always like take the conversation like a million different ways, mm-hmm. but it's almost like, well, one, I think that the trauma that makes you like be able to read the emotional temperature of a room because you were so used to like having to gauge it for yourself as a kid. Cause you were like constantly in fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have that too. And I think that it's beautiful to hear that um, it's almost like you had to give yourself the affirmation that you wanted to get from other people. Mm -hmm. And as a result, whether or not someone reciprocates vulnerability, you're still going to be vulnerable. And that's something that's true to you. Yeah. Which is nice. (laughs) I love that. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard and sometimes I leave the conversation like, I don't regret sharing. I don't Mm -hmm. regret being vulnerable because like if, and when they're ready, they know that I'm a safe space and that they can, you know, trust me with those kinds of feelings. They're not going to scare me away. They're not too big. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've felt it all. So it's just like, I would love to support you in that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think with what you were saying about like the childhood, like gauging the room, like that, kind of sticks with you. And I think you probably relate to me in this, but that produces like a very, um, like a people pleaser 
And mm-hmm. I was a people pleaser for so long, a ridiculous amount of time. Um, my whole life up until the year and a half ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy and it's liberating to not care what people think. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously you have that like normal human sense of like caring what people think about you, but not in this way where like every decision I make, like someone's going to have something negative to say about it. Or, mm-hmm. um, when I know that I'm doing the best thing for my family, like that's all I care about. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't care what other people are going to think about it because it's not their life. And like, you know this, but I used to think I knew what was best for everyone. Like not everyone, but the people that I was close to and, you know, had access to their life. And, um, it was really unhealthy and just like not supportive and judgmental. And like, when I let go of that, it was like, nobody wants to feel that way. Like nobody wants to like have their decisions questioned, you know, when they, you genuinely think you're doing what's best for your own life. And when I started doing that and there was pushback, I was like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like, I know that this is the best decision. And that's like, I'm glad that you were able to find that for yourself because it literally took me having a kid. Mm -hmm. He changed everything for me. Like I, it, mom instinct is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And so you know, like the doctor can be telling you like, he's fine. He's fine. And you're like, I don't know. I know him. I know him better than anyone in the world. Like I know Mm -hmm. that he's not himself right now. And you know, you get a second opinion and then turns out you were right. And you know, Mm -hmm. like it could have been bad had it not been checked out or whatever, you know, that's just a very, uh, general high. Yeah. General example. But pretty soon, even though I was dealing with stuff, like I realized like nobody is going to be able to make better decisions for my son. And as a very indecisive, doubting person, like just never really trusted myself. Like that was huge for me. And so it just got to the place like, I don't care because this is my son. This is my family. And at the end of the day, like our journey isn't going to look the same as everybody else's and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And we're thriving because of the decisions that we've made. And Mm -hmm. we do a lot of things, you know, parenting wise that just aren't common, I guess, but we're raising a really independent, emotionally aware, like, just like the opposite of what I had (laughs) growing up, basically. It's just been really cool. Cause I'm like, you know, I know people were like kind of skeptical about this or, you know, people just kind of felt their way about, Mm-hmm. decisions that we made and then they like see our kid and they're like he's awesome and I'm like yeah <laughs> like we worked really hard and um yeah yeah I think I had that experience but with Kyle because everyone was like oh my god yeah you're dating him mm-hmm. and I was like yes he's perfect yeah. <laughs> He really is. And, well, yeah. And then, like, once everyone got to know him, it was, like, irrefutable. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, my God, he's perfect for you. And yes. I'm like, I know. Literally, why Why do you think I did all these things? Yeah. <laughs> because, like, you know, like, no one else could have told me who Kyle was because I'm literally with him every single day. Yeah. 
Exactly. I'm like, you guys can say all you want, but I literally spend 24-7 with this You kid. know him. I know his mom. <laughs> like, yeah. You're basically family. Like, yeah. yeah. And no one like, else was in that position with you. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Like having that, I feel like that has to come to every people pleaser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to like get to that place where you're like, oh, these people don't know any more than I do. Mm-hmm. Like I, cool. We're like on the same playing field as human beings. Yep. I can just do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely gravitate towards, you know, looking for structure and sometimes rules. And like now I'm like, rules are stupid. Like I can't live like that. Um, but for a while, like that was comforting to me because I had, I realize now that I had no structure growing up. I had no rules. I had nobody that was really over authority over me. Like I was a child in charge of myself, which is Mm -hmm. so crazy to think about. Like I can't imagine my kid being in charge of himself at 12 years old. Like that's crazy, Mm -hmm. but that was my life. And just like, I just don't even really think about it anymore, but I'm like, it makes so much sense why I just like needed that in my life at the time. And a lot of good came from it, but like, then I outgrew it because I started to trust myself and it's Mm -hmm. been one of the best things that I've ever done. And so Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Do you think there was a moment where you were like, dang, like, I can't believe that I am this messed up because of all of these things that I didn't realize. (laughs) Cause I feel like that happened to me. I was like, Oh, and then you're just like, in panic mode for three mm-hmm. months and are crying. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. it's like you're grieving that part of your life that you mm-hmm. were like, oh, I thought all of these things were true mm-hmm. and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I had that um, several different times just growing up and just like feeling like, you know, this is probably why I, I responded to my friend that way, like, because this happened to me as a kid and, you know, I felt this way and like that triggers me and whatever, but I never had as much time to deal with it. Like I could like, like I would go to therapy and be like, I think that I do this because of this. And they're like, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like you're probably right. (laughs) And so I feel like I just was always like, I don't know, diagnosing myself with something growing up or just like, feeling like I knew certain, um, things that I like, why I did certain things as a result of something else that happened to me. But before having my kid, like I didn't have time to like sit there and unpack it, deal with it, care about it. Like I was out with my friends. I was living life. I was happy quote unquote, um, because I just had so much distraction like I've always kind of found refuge in community and um, like in school, I tried my best to never be home. <laughs> I never want to be home. So I joined cheerleading and dance team and, you know, got my group of friends and we were always together on weekends. I slept over at my best friend's house every weekend and kind of like 
became a part of her family. Like that was just like so normal for me and like something I craved so badly because I didn't have it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> that happens a lot. You had, you had the realization. Yeah. I mean, this past year, it was definitely like, obviously therapy was really helpful. Definitely learning more about myself, learning like, oh, I'm actually extremely introverted and I don't get alone time really anymore because I have a child and like a lot more responsibility. Um, and like, I need that mm-hmm. for my personality. Like I, I need it to function. And then in the midst of learning that about myself, like I'm spending time alone. So I am dealing with this stuff in therapy and on my own time, you know, through the exercises from therapy and journaling and, you know, all the things like, um, I don't like to sit there and write about my feelings. Like I just, (laughs) I know it's good for me, but I don't like to, but I was, you know, put in a position to do those things because I'm like, well, I want to get the most out of therapy. Like I, this is good. And, you know, sometimes you have to do the things that you don't want to do to get to where you want to go. And, um, yeah. That's a good metaphor because people talk about that for like working out, but like as far as like, I don't work out either. (laughs) Well, I try. You, you, you get up there sometimes. Yeah. Every once in a while. (laughs) But, um, it's interesting because like, I feel like the exact same people who are like, mind over matter, just lift weight are like the same people who like cannot process, uh, sadness. <laughs> like sadness is being like no they like, literally don't know what they to can do with be, themselves they can be angry they can be happy but they cannot be sad sad is not the one mm-hmm. like and it's so weird to me because sad is like my go-to I'm like I'm sad yeah and then I have to like dissect it and like it's like a breakthrough in therapy when I can be mad mm-hmm. but like why <laughs> why can't people just let themselves be sad yeah I notice a lot that those kind of people, very like goal oriented, which is a good thing to have goals and to um, pursue those kinds of things. But those kind of people I've noticed will start to feel like that little inkling of sadness creeping in. And then they're like, let's fill my calendar for the whole month. Like, let me not have any time to myself, no time to breathe. Like, I just have to be distracted. And there are people that admit to that. And I feel like I used to do that. And I literally can't anymore. Like I can't do it. When I get to that place where I'm like, I'm really sad. I cancel everything. I don't make plans. And that was me for like a year. And that was so out of the norm for me. And so like, it was really noticeable. And like, that was the equivalent of me being a bad friend because I was always at everything like for my people. Um, but like at the time I'm like, I know that I have to do this right now. And I know that people aren't going to understand it. And hopefully when I come back, they can have grace and like, you know, be patient with me through the process and know that it wasn't because I didn't love them. It was because like I had to start loving myself for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like, People 
don't choose that a lot. How did you learn to set boundaries? Ooh, I don't even know if I can. <laughs> um, well, because that's like, that's what you're talking about. Like you yeah. gave yourself permission to own your own time. Mm-hmm. Like your time did not belong to everyone you made arrangements with. Mm-hmm. It belonged to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I mean, that started at a young age and that was basically just with family. Like by the time I was 12, 13 years old, like I was like, I can't keep losing sleep over these things that I'm too young to like be a part of. Like I have to, for myself, let go of that and let go of these people that just aren't going to choose me. Like I, I, I don't know. It was weird. Like to be that young and to make that decision of like, okay, you're, you're not going to be what I need and I can't be what you need because I'm 12. (laughs) Um, like I have to disconnect. Like I basically had to go no contact and, um, move on with my life. And, um, when I, then it was like last year, it was another situation similar where um, I'm dealing with people that just don't respect me, don't respect my boundaries, can't take no for an answer. And every interaction would mess me up for like a week. Like it just wasn't normal how much certain interactions with people would affect me. And I'm like, I can't live like this anymore. And that was the boundaries were set like when I started therapy, like that was in one of the first one or two sessions where it was like, I think that I need to do this. And my therapist was like, yeah, like that's a good move for you because just the way that you're talking, like you know that these people aren't going to respect you and respect your boundaries. Like there's nothing else you can do. You've tried for years, you know, you've you're, you've tried to be nice. You've tried to, and not, literally nothing was good enough. So, um, then it was like, okay, like I don't have to be there. I don't have to mm-hmm. be at anything that you invite me to. If you're going to treat me like crap, like it's like, if you see somebody and every time you see them, they punch you in the face, like you're not going to keep seeing that person. <laughs> you're yeah. not going to put yourself in that situation. And I had to completely remove myself from that. And that just kind of started this, I mean, outpouring of boundaries. Like I was just (laughs) like, no, these are my boundaries. I'm sticking to it. You know, I'm talking to Trav and I'm like, okay, this is like, if you want to have different boundaries, that's perfectly fine. I'm not asking you to give anything up, you know, give up any relationships. Like you can do what you choose to do. And there's going to be like mutual boundaries because we're a Mm -hmm. unit, we're married, but um, like, I'm not stopping you from talking to anyone, interacting with anyone, but I knew what I had to do for myself. And luckily we both kind of felt the same way about certain things. So we were able to align our boundaries and have a lot of the same ones. And it, I mean, our quality of life (laughs) just like skyrocketed. Like it was just like, wow, like this feels so good to not be judged right now. Or like this just feels great to not have someone yelling at me because I couldn't come to a party. Like, it's just like, 
-hmm. it's actually crazy that I dealt with it as long as I did, but like just that part of me where I'm like, man, this person's really hurting. Like they don't have friends. I need to be their friend, you know? And I tried and it was just like, okay, I'm literally your only friend and you can't be nice to me. Like you can't treat me (laughs) with respect. Like you can't be understanding when I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'm so understanding, like you are going through trauma. A lot of these are trauma responses and, um, but I can't be the person that takes the punches, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so yeah. So it was like, after doing that one time, like that was like the biggest like boundary setting I've ever had. It just started to get easier and easier to say no, um, to do what I wanted to put myself first. And I know not everyone agrees with that, but I put myself last for a long time and it got me to where I was like, just like the darkest place in my life. And when I started loving myself, taking care of myself, like even just the basic things into the big things, um, it just changed everything. I mean, my relationships are better than ever. Um, which is crazy because there was a time where I'm like, wow, we're never going to be friends again. You know, like this, we'll never recover from this. Like, Mm -hmm. um, they're not able to find it in themselves to have grace with me when I was a bad friend, but really just like needed a lot of patience in that time. But it stretched a lot of people, like not just me. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool to see like people's walls kind of break down and, um, like, you know, I didn't know that you dealt with this and, you know, I should have asked more questions and yeah, it was just cool. And now it's like, if I don't want to be somewhere, I don't go literally. And that's crazy for me to, um, be in that place in my life. Cause that's never really been a thing. But now it's a thing and I love it. <laughs> it's so weird because, like, I remember things a little differently. Because I feel like you and I were the friends who were like, I don't really want to go out, but I'm just going to watch TV. Do you want to just, like, come over and watch TV? And we would just, like, sit there and, like, we could, like, be in the room together for hours and not say anything not to each other. Yep. <laughs> not talk. At all. And then we would like say a couple words. Are you hungry? All right, let's go get food. Uh-huh. Like, like, oh, I will drive. <laughs> yeah, I'll drive <laughs> if you do this. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> like, we were always yeah. like bartering who had to be a little bit more extroverted that day than the other. <laughs> yeah. And you were safe. Like that was a safe space mm-hmm. for me where like I never had to be on with you. I never had to be like on my best behavior or Mm -hmm. like super outgoing because like that takes a lot of energy it completely drains me to be on even though like I love socializing with people I love talking to people and getting to know them like I it's one of my favorite things ever but it's also the most draining thing ever for me so yeah with you it never felt that way I remember we would just lay on the couch with snacks food, whatever, maybe have a show on in the background or we'd be Mm -hmm. scrolling like funny videos together or Mm -hmm. we'd both be on our phones and just like 
send each other memes from our phones when we're right next to each other. Like we, <laughs> sometimes you just want to not talk. Like it just takes so yeah. much energy to talk and like, or after, even just like leaning over and showing them your phone is like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you were, you were my friend that I'm like, Oh yes. I love this time. Like, it's just like lazy time. Like after, yes. like we both were working and just like had a really busy social life. Like it was so nice to just like, slow down sometimes mm-hmm. um and it's nice to have people that you can do that with but yeah I mean there were a lot of like events and just like you know big things that like if you missed it like that's weird like why aren't you coming you know and now I straight up because I, I don't want to <laughs> um, <laughs> well it's almost like we didn't know we didn't want to yeah it was just like I am drained mm-hmm. and I'm running on empty right now and I am coming to this thing and I don't want to talk to anyone and I feel like I'm on the verge of crying, mm-hmm. but I'm still going. Yeah. And it was like you couldn't connect any of those things. It was just like all floating around all these feelings that you were having and you were like, I must attend. Yeah. <laughs> But that's also just like the loyalist part of me that's like, if I'm not Mm -hmm. there, I'm a failure as a friend. If I'm not there, like, I'm not me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I, no matter what I was feeling, I'm gonna, like, I was gonna be there. And, Mm -hmm. um, like, now I'm in a really good place with people where, like, if I cancel, it's not just because I wanna sit and do nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, a genuine reason because it takes a lot for me to not be somewhere um, mm-hmm. supporting people. Um, well, it even is like before, like you're not going to say yes to things just because anymore. Yeah. So like if you cancel, it's more rare because you gave yourself the boundary to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think my friends and you know certain people in my life are just they understand me better now um Mm -hmm. and it took a lot for me to um express those things and it was like I mean there were times where it was like I've already said this and like I'm saying it again like until you get it like Mm -hmm. this is me like I know that this isn't the me that you've always known but that wasn't really me like I was a zombie Mm -hmm. for a long time Like, this is actually me, and, like, I get it if you don't like me anymore. Like, you can make your own decision and be in my life or not be in it, but I can't, like, you've probably experienced this, and a lot of people talk about this, and, like, when you're going on your journey, and, you know, all the key words, you're doing the work, you're, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you get to that place where, like, even if you tried with all your might, you can't go back. You can't go back to who you used to be. You can't go back to how things used to be. You can't go back to certain environments. Like you can't do it. And it hurts. Like it's so painful. Um, But there's just no reverse button. Like you can't not continue to um, grow. Mm -hmm. Um, It just becomes so natural where you're like, I have to keep doing this. I have to keep um, discovering things about myself, loving myself, learning about myself so that I can be a better 
me for everyone that knows Mm me. Um, So, yeah. Well, it's almost like you, if you hadn't done that, you would continue to not be known because like you're the only one who would know your triggers. Like you're the only one who can defend your boundaries. Mm -hmm. You're the only one who like can really explain what's going on in your brain. And like as much as um, you want other people to have that because you have that emotional temperature gauge, Mm -hmm. like other people can't have that for you. Yeah. Like, like some people do, like I do, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's literally my trauma. So like normal people, (laughs) normal people do not have that like radar. So they're just like, oh, what's wrong? And if you don't know how to answer them, then it's just an injustice to you and them and your relationship because there's nothing anyone can do. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know yourself. Yeah. Uh, That just made me think of two things. It's a really good point. And I realized that that was a big part of why I was so sad is like, okay, like this is actually me and they don't like me. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just like people that, you thought kind of loved you in this um, really unconditional way. They don't like you for who you actually are. Like you're just discovering this. And it's so weird that like to discover yourself and, and learn things about yourself as a grown woman, but that's Mm -hmm. how it happened for me. And um, like, I know myself better than ever. And I think I'm pretty cool. And I think that I'm a great friend and I think, um, I'm a good mom and, you know, you still have your moments where you're like, I'm literally a piece of crap. Like I, I <laughs> yeah. don't deserve to be here. Like you still have those moments, but like yes. when I'm in my healthy headspace, I'm like, no, like I, I dealt with a lot to get here. Like I mm-hmm. really had to, um, grow up fast and like, I kind of didn't really have that, like, time where I could be a kid and now I like try to do things just because it's fun like I like just like giving myself that like childhood joy of like I literally can lay in bed all day and read a book is it productive not really um depending on what you're reading and that's the other thing is like I used to read but it was always like growth books, you know, like whatever. And like, I still like those things, but I literally read fiction now. And it's just like, so good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know, um, like how good it could feel to just like do something because I want to, mm-hmm. to do something because it's literally fun. And it's so dumb. My ideal perfect day is just like, me going and getting a matcha and bringing my Kindle and reading in a coffee shop or outside with a nice breeze. Like it's so dumb, but that's like my ideal day. Good food, no responsibilities, chilling by myself. And mm-hmm. I'm so boring, but like, I just, I don't know. I did boring. <laughs> that sounds great to me. I'm like, wow, sign me up. <laughs> I didn't used to let myself just like be boring. Like I, had to be everywhere all the time. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not me though. Like, mm-hmm. I, like now I can be healthy and show up for the things that I want to be there for and be supportive of the people that I love. And I can 
be my best self when I'm doing that. Um, but I had another thing from what you were saying, and I don't remember, but. We can take a second if you want. <laughs> it's like, um, what's the end of your point? You have to know yourself to explain yourself. <laughs> Nothing. That was the gist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It might come to me. Yeah. That's so funny to me because I literally told my therapist yesterday that I took this job because I want to have fun. (laughs) I was like, I want to be 25. I want to have a job that's fun. I Mm -hmm. don't want to be stressed. I don't want my, like, I literally got like a blood test done and they were like, your cortisol levels are extremely high. And I was like, wow, (laughs) like wonderful. Love that for me. And he was like, that's what's causing your insomnia. That's what's causing all these other things. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's try to reduce stress Mm -hmm. in my life in every way I possibly can. Yeah. I want to be young and alive. Mm -hmm. And I think that like the way we grew up too, like we were put in the position to lead others and so I so think true. we just, like, didn't allow ourselves to be teenagers because mm-hmm. teenagers, like, literally, like, steal their parents' cars and wreck them and, like, do drugs <laughs> and, like, make a bunch of mistakes. Not that we would have been extreme like that, but they're just, like, allowed to mess up. Yeah. And we just had such a different structure yeah. that we didn't we didn't have that. So, I think- like. Yeah. How would we know ourselves if we're not, like, messing up all the time? Yeah, I never tried things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't try anything. And I think we have, like, different reasons of why mm-hmm. that is. And for me, like, I mean, it all comes down to fear, as you know. Like, I mm-hmm. was scared of everything for a long time. And that's still um, a very normal feeling for me. But not like it used to be. Like, I can't believe I used to just, like, walk around that scared all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I mean, it was fear motivated, but I think it was like the people pleasing thing. Like I had to be the good girl and I had to be like, I was terrified of my parents and what were they going to think of me? And like Mm -hmm. my pastors, were they going to think of me? And like, yeah, I I really did not want to break any rules. Mm -hmm. I was like, tell me the rules. I will follow them and everything will be fine. Yeah. Literally. It it was not fine. Right. (laughs) It took a long time to realize that, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, remove yourself almost. Mm -hmm. Or, like, when you first start saying no, people are like, what? Mm -hmm. How dare you? And then... Okay, why? And I'm like, well, this, this, and this. And they're like, okay, They try to, like, explain it for you. We can do this, this, and this to make it possible. And I'm like, no. Like, (laughs) there are times where it's like, oh, I'm just really sad. If I go, I'm going to ruin everyone else's time because I can't hide my face. I can't mm-hmm. hide my emotions. And I, it would happen. Yeah. And then people would be like, why are you so, and I'm like, I literally told you I didn't want to go to this thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's what was so dumb about like that time in my life. Like no matter what I was feeling, I still showed up and like, I could literally be just so sad or just like really angry or whatever. And like that would show and it just kind of like, it makes it not fun, like for anyone, because Mm -hmm. like, you don't want someone in the room, like sucking the life out of it. And like, Mm -hmm. it got to the place where I'm like, no, like I need to 
not be there this time. And you're going to have a better time and I'm going to be better for the next time. Um, and it's also like, people just don't understand. Like, I, like, I can't go because I'm sad. It's like, well, you know, this is going to make you feel better. Like this could be so fun. And you're going to, and I'm like, no, like I need to, I need to take the time to feel it. Mm-hmm. Do you not, do you not do that? <laughs> and yeah, they don't, but. Well, it's like the sad and the anxiety. Yeah. So like, take me being sad, put me outside of my comfort zone. Now I'm anxious mm-hmm. and nobody's happy. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. You, it like, it like makes it worse almost. It magnifies it because yeah. you are trying to be social when you physically cannot. Mm-hmm. And then you feel because we're like emotionally taking the temperature of the room, you feel everyone noticing. Yeah. And then it makes you more anxious. <laughs> it's just like this whole cyclical thing that you just like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm way too self-aware and I know when I'm like not doing well and I'm in a social situation and everybody can tell. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you do? Like, you're just like, do you just tell everybody like, I really shouldn't have come, you know, like that's just <laughs> awkward for everyone. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's the other point that I was thinking about earlier. So I can share, you know, with certain people, well, I'm stressed because this is this, or I'm sad because this is this, or I'm stressed and sad, or I'm really anxious right now because this, and there are so many people that are like, okay, what can we do to fix it? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't, Literally nothing. I don't want you to fix it. I don't want you to give me solutions um, because chances are I've thought of them and like, it's not the right move for me right now. Or, um, you know, sometimes you're just sad and you don't have to fix it. Like you just got to feel it. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I'm like, you don't watch sad movies when you're sad. Like, <laughs> is that not normal? I don't know. Like, I just need to stay home and watch a sad movie tonight. Like, I just, I, that's all I need. And, you know, like, people are like, you know, that's going to make it worse. And I'm like, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. You don't know me. And that's something I feel like we've always kind of, like, related on is just, like, our comfortability being sad. And I have literally always loved sad movies. Same. And like, I just don't understand. It takes a lot for me to like cry in a sad movie, but it happens mm-hmm. sometimes, but not a lot. But I think for the people that don't go there a lot with themselves, like any sad movie would make them cry. And so they're just straight up like, I can't watch that. I'll cry. And I'm like, why is that bad? Mm-hmm. Why is it bad to cry? Like crying feels good. And like, okay, hold it in for another 10 years. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Well, it's also like you're crying because the movie is sad. Yeah. Like that you're allowed. That's allowed. Mm -hmm. Like what, what you, like I was watching, um, Glennon Doyle the other day and she was like talking about how people would say like, oh, that's not real. Like to your feelings. And she's like, what do you mean? This isn't real. I am experiencing this, this any like even if you have a bad dream or you're watching a movie like it's real you're experiencing those emotions while you're watching it like you're allowed to be sad yeah while you watch a sad movie or angry if you see like taken mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh why is gosh. that more socially yeah. acceptable like oh my god let's watch taken two three four five and like 
<laughs> oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> but like, um, you can't watch like, P.S. I Love You. <laughs> That's not my favorite sad movie. I did see it once and I was like, oh, but then like, I no, watched it again and I was either. like, mm, I don't really like this movie that much. There are better One day sad is movies. my favorite. I still remember when you made me watch that and I was broken. <laughs> you don't expect anything and it's just the worst plot twist but also just like oh, man it's beautiful cinema it, it gets you <laughs> yeah yes and yeah, that was probably you. when I was like we're gonna get along because like there are people that like if you showed them that movie they would be like angry with you yes. and like It'll be like, I'm not going to watch any more movies that she should suggest because it's going to rip me to shreds. And for me, I'm like, yes, this is my lane. Like, let's do it again. <laughs> Take me on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a really sad one too. Let's watch this. <laughs> yes. Literally all of my close friends were like that. We're like, oh my God, perfect. It's devastating. <laughs> It's going to break me. Yes. <laughs> Destroy me. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. That's so funny. Wow. <laughs> I literally was talking to one of, like, another one of my friends about that the other day. She was like, oh, my God. I, like, you know, I'm just complaining right now. And I was like, girl, I live for this. I started a podcast <laughs> to hear people be sad. Oh, my gosh. I, yes. I had a friend recently that. Like we talk a lot and they're just one of my safe people. And like, she's not afraid to go there. I'm not afraid to go there. Like we will literally say, I want to die today. <laughs> like death is knocking on my door right now. <laughs> like we're cool with that. You know, like we're mm -hmm. there for each other, whatever. And um, sometimes like people will say like, Oh, I'm sorry I'm talking so much about this and just like mm -hmm. I'm sorry like this is just like not a fun conversation or like this is just really negative and sad and I'm like no these are the best kinds of conversations <laughs> like I yes. literally crave them and like yeah not everyone goes there and it's like so frustrating and hard to explain and I didn't realize that that was a thing because of like my personality type and just like realizing that that's something I actually need like it's not just a want like mm -hmm. I have to have that and yeah if I don't have like even one person that I can do that with like have those kinds of conversations with like I mean I just feel so unfulfilled lost mm -hmm. I don't know it's just like something I need and mm -hmm. um you know well, it's almost like grounding like if you're, if you don't tell someone or you don't have the space to have that conversation, you kind of just feel like you're floating. <laughs> you're just like floating around in the universe. You can't be present. You don't have anyone to relate to. You're just by yourself in your brain. Mm -hmm. And like, that is the thing that makes it worse. Like yeah. not the sad movie. The sad movie is just like a way to express the emotion that you have trapped in your brain mm -hmm. and you like need to release it. And the same with like conversations like that. If you don't have them, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm literally just like a blob in space. 
Yeah. <laughs> like the movie Soul, where they just become these little orbs. Such a good movie. <laughs> I love it. It's such a good movie. I loved it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I that movie made me cry. And oh, Kyle, yeah. we watched it together, both of us. I look over at him, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, me and Travis." Like, <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I love. That's why one of our things is we love to watch This Is Us together. That's the one show. Oh, I stopped literally. I had to stop episode. Every episode. no, literally, literally as soon. Um, uh, spoiler it. alert! You can't see it. Spoiler alert! You, you guys it. can skip ten seconds. <gasps> as soon as he was like, "I'm gonna convince my mom to do these treatments she doesn't want to do," that's when I stopped watching it. Oh, I can't. Okay, I can't. Couldn't deal. Yeah, and it was like our favorite character. Randall. Oh yeah, I, I was just like, <sighs> we had to stop. <laughs> Randall makes me cry every episode, um, and I like. I cry every episode, and that's, like, the one show on the planet that Travis and I watch together, and we just, like, hold each other and fall, and I love it. That's, like, my favorite <laughs> thing that we do is, like, watch This Is Us and cry our eyes out. Um, Kyle and I do that with Grey's Anatomy. I hear that. <laughs> I don't watch it, but... I know. You I do, know. You do. There's... Literally, you literally would love it. You just have to start at episode three. I'm episode not kidding. Three. Every single one of my friends has tried to get me to watch it. And like, it's one of those things where like, I've been in the room for like a random episode and I'm like, this is a lot, which like, I don't have a problem with a lot, but it's just like, I don't know. I just don't have a desire to get to know the show and Meredith the characters. Grace. I don't know. She forgives I you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people vibe with that show and I, I wish I could, but it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's the one thing, thing missing from our friendship, to be honest. <laughs> it was almost a deal breaker. Like we almost <laughs> broke up because of it. Yeah. I mean, amongst other things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't. Oh man. Um, I didn't even know, like, we just took it to a, a, the bright side of sad. Yeah. <laughs> All our coping mechanisms. Yeah. Like, I guess that's like people do drugs and we watch too much TV. <laughs> specifically really sad things. Which yes. I feel like some people would think that that's psychotic. I don't know. Like I feel like people might think that that's just a really weird thing to like or a really weird way to cope it just like to like truly blows my mind that there are people who exist in the world that don't have depression and anxiety like they just exist and are like mentally okay i can't imagine most it. of the time me either like i actually can't imagine it i've never yeah there. Even i would just be like even when i'm happy i'm like waiting to be sad that's what i'm saying even at my <laughs> Like, most distracted, like, I haven't had time to feel this. Like, I know I'm going to feel it. Like, yeah, I'm just, like, just, like waiting back your brain. until, like, I can't, like, <laughs> run away from it anymore. Like, I'm just, like, it's going to happen. But, like, I have plans tonight, you know? Like, I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't know what it's like to be mentally stable. <laughs> <laughs> I should make that into a sticker. I love it. I want it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's weird, it's like but um, that was another thing that happened this year is I finally got meds. Woo! 
Um, <laughs> um, and we celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany helped me with the process. And um, Cerebral sponsor us. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Honestly, they should work with you. Like, you're like the perfect person. You got so many of us to do it. It's amazing. And it changed my life. And it's great. Um, but <clears throat> I was never against meds. I was just like, you know, like, I'm going to try other things first. And I did for a long time. Nothing was working. Nothing was helping. I still wanted to die. Um, and yeah, I earlier this year, after I came back from Colorado, um, from seeing you and you had been talking to me about cerebral. Um, and then Travis was like pushing me to do it too. Hi, Vinny. <laughs> um, yeah, it felt impossible. Like, you know, when you're like, you have those things. That <laughs> He, like, really wants to kiss me right oh, now. Vinny, I'm busy. That's so funny. Okay. Even <laughs> He's like, I have something to say about this. You just tried to talk in the mic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, when you have that thing that you know you should do for your mental health, but it feels impossible, or even just, like, there's days where I just, like, can't bring myself to make something to eat and eat. And I'll just go the whole day without eating and like not in a weird, like starve myself kind of way, but because like I physically can't bring myself to do the action of preparing food for mm -hmm. myself. Like it, I get like that. Yeah. It's, and that's a lot of, or like just thinking about what I want to eat is so stressful. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, what do I want to eat? what do we have? Oh my God. Yeah. Like my brain is just like, no, like we started buying TV dinners Yeah, so that I could literally not think about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you have a Trader Joe's? Yeah. Oh, so when I was doing really, really bad and I just like kept not eating because I didn't have the energy to eat or make something, um, the Trader Joe's like frozen dinners, some of, there's like some that like aren't that good, but there are some that are so good. Um, like the chicken tikka masala, you would not expect it to be that good. <laughs> and it's literally a frozen thing that you put in the microwave and it mm -hmm. just like, it was like, wow, I love myself right now. Like that's how it felt when I was eating that mm -hmm. because like I could do that. I could take it from the freezer, put it in the microwave and then I'm eating three minutes later like that. Mm -hmm. I, should start doing that again because now I'm super busy and don't have time yeah. to cook, but highly recommend. Um, they have a lot of good stuff like that, fast meals, mm -hmm. frozen meals. Um, and that's really helpful for when you're just like too depressed to make food. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Going back to the meds, like you yeah. couldn't bring yourself to make food. And that was one of the things that made you decide it. Yeah, it was just like, okay, I've tried different things. You know, I'm in therapy and, um, you know, at a certain point I, I wasn't going anymore because it's not free. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, there are certain things that you have to cut back on when you're looking at your expenses. And, like, sadly, like, it's really unfortunate, but therapy is, like, kind of a luxury. And it really should be mm -hmm. a 
like for me, it felt like, oh my gosh, like this is a necessity. I need this. And like, there are just times where you just don't have it like that and you can't afford to go to therapy and, or you have to scale back. And so like, you know, you're used to going every week or every two weeks, but now you're only going once a month or once every two months. And mm-hmm. um, so much happens within that so time. So much happens when I had to scale back. It was like, there's not enough time in the world to catch you up on what happened in the last month. Like, yeah, there was just a time in my life where it was like, this is insane. Like all of this is happening and I only have an hour with my therapist and I have to wait three weeks. (laughs) Like it's crazy, but, um, whatever you can do, like therapy is great. And I just, I don't know, it should be a thing where it's included in healthcare or, you know, I understand like therapists go to school and they have to make money. Like I understand things like that, but you know, we don't even have free healthcare, so I don't even know why I'm saying Um, (laughs) but yeah. it should be included in the insurance premium that you're paying. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Instead of being a whole additional like specialist situation. And it's really sad because I think there are people that like, you know, they finally get to that place where they want to get help and they just can't mm-hmm. um, because they can't afford it because insurance doesn't cover it because like that's a whole other expense that they can't pay. Um, mm-hmm. That just sucks. But yeah, um, Cerebral made it really easy. Um, even just thinking about getting meds, like the process is so much easier um, mm-hmm. than you know, the other routes where you like to pay a bunch of money to see someone like, you know, and it's legit. Like it's, it's like a big questionnaire. Like you have to answer questions and it's like 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. It's great, but it's over the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not $5 million, which was nice. Um, Mm -hmm. especially like your first call Mm -hmm. or like your first month is like half price or something. Yeah. And they like can literally when you hang up, they sent your prescription. Mm-hmm. To that was the craziest nearest Walgreens. I'm like, wow. you can like pick it up 20 minutes later. I'm starting to take meds tomorrow. Like that was so crazy yeah. to me. Um, it just didn't feel possible any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is so important if you're like in the deepest depths of your depression or you're in the middle of crisis yeah. zone. Like it's so wild to just be like, oh, okay. Like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I can have something else Mm -hmm. that's going to be, like, maybe, like, the first meds you try don't work. But, like, it's something, it's like a glimmer of hope Mm -hmm. that you can maybe get better. Yeah, that you haven't felt at all for a long time. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's so crazy that, like, I went months, maybe longer I, I don't know. The the year is like kind of a blur at the same time, but like I went a long mm-hmm. time, like literally just wanting to die. And that's like crazy. Um, and so weird, like even sharing that with people. Um, people don't it's know what to, to say. Yeah. It's hard to explain because people are always like, well, then like, why hasn't she done it yet? Because it's like years of you wanting to die. And so they like stop believing you. But I'm like, no, literally every single day I wake up and want to die. And I don't want to, like, exist on this planet. Yeah. But, like, they're like, but, like, it's not severe enough, I guess. Like, what do you want me to, do you want me to 
like try to commit suicide yeah. for you to, for you to like, take me seriously to me? yeah yeah the, this is like amazing. it's a cry for help and I'm like it's literally not a cry for help <laughs> or like maybe it is it kind maybe of is but like so like take it seriously maybe yeah that's a maybe good just, idea like, like be my friend yeah maybe just like <laughs> be, be understanding yeah I don't know maybe like be vulnerable back like. oh wild thought <laughs> like that's and that's what's crazy is like you know feeling that much um just like that's a really dark feeling and then when people just aren't willing to give you even a little bit of like some like something negative that they're feeling like I don't believe that everybody's happy all the time um Mm -hmm. I think that people try to fool themselves into thinking that but I'm like there's something there like just give it to me like just do it (laughs) you know just like whatever um but which it could be the smallest thing like like maybe people are afraid because they don't think that what they're dealing with is on the same caliber yeah like maybe that could be one of the reasons but like it's all the same yeah and (laughs) maybe not even in that conversation like if if you're talking to someone about something like that like you don't want them to like you know compare their struggles to yours you know like make it about themselves at the time. Like I have to try really hard to not be like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I feel that way too. (laughs) And like, this is what happened to me. Like you don't want to do that. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know, like within that time, like if you're going through something, like come to me and like be vulnerable about, about that. And that's what was so hard for me is like, I would be the last to find something out about someone going through something really Mm -hmm. sad or like whatever with their families. And I'm like, I would have loved to be there for you. And it honestly would have helped me so much. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's several things. I think people think like, oh, well, she's in a place she can't really deal with it right now. And I'm like, you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like this is, it helps me like to Mm -hmm. be support for someone, um, to not be alone in feeling these things. Like it's just, it's all around just really helpful. Um, and just great to be trusted with, you know, feelings like that. And it just like sucked that like I had to feel that way by myself and like people thought I couldn't handle their feelings or they just were hiding it from the -hmm. world. Or they like glossed over yours. Yeah. That it's, I can't think too deep about it because it still kind of like makes me sad but like I literally told people that I wanted to die and like really didn't. Not really sure how to conclude this other than to say I love her. <laughs> oh, I love her. She is the best. One of my best friends on the earth. Um and <laughs> I hope that wherever you are, you feel loved, you feel cared for, that you have someone that has loved you. Something that I learned recently from Ruthie Lindsay, um, she was on Jedediah Jenkins' podcast, Question the Self, which I definitely recommend. It's so fun and beautiful and complex, but something that I recently learned from her is that she, part of the work that she does for herself is she will kind of go through her list of her people and she'll just be like, John, 
how lucky am I to have someone like John who loves me in my corner? Amber, how lucky am I to have someone like Amber in my corner who loves me and cares for me? Ugh, I'm just so lucky. So I hope that you have someone like that. And if you don't, I hope that you find them. I hope that if you're ever vulnerable, that you are met with the same kind of vulnerability. I hope that you get to a place in your life where the community that you've created and the life that you get to create is beautiful. I hope that you don't always feel stuck. I hope that you just find that, find that connection. Always here. <laughs> always here for you. Um, if you ever just want to message our Instagram, I'm the one that answers. I hope that you have a wonderful day wherever you are. Original music by Kyle Porter and editing by Emmanuel Zerate. Take care, y'all.